This episode of Says Who, that podcast, Says Who, the one you're listening to right now, it's brought to you by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who, our Patreon, where every Sunday you get a whole nother bonus episode of this podcast that we call the Town Watch. It's back after a summer hiatus. If you want to know about Maureen's planners, that is the place to be. Because it is all planner all the time, a lot of the time. Show you you can planner. get that. Oh See? boy! See, it says God. I, yeah. I need more stickers. You put a sticker down. on there from the Says Who Sticker Club, See? which you can also get. There's also the Maureen sticker on there. You can says, also get on our Patreon yeah. by becoming a member. At the five dollar level, you get access to the Town Watch, but at the ten dollar level, you get every month in the mail a sticker sent to you by me packed by my teenage son and that is for ten dollars it is your membership to the says who sticker club that's right you can listen to the town watch you can get stickers everything's cool at patreon.com slash says who and look i designed these pages oh those are nice and then it I says punched... rabbit tracker this is habit tracker okay this is a symptom tracker uh, and then i I touched them, I punched them, and then I made these borders with washi tape to close them up with the other. So it's just like I've made, I'm totally customizing this down, but I need a Man. lot more like oh um, anti planner stickers. So, okay. We'll talk about that maybe for the next Says Who Sticker Club. But right now, Maureen, perhaps you should tell people about books. Books. Um, well, Nine Liars thunders towards us it is officially complete and in the can the first reviewers have been reading it on edelweiss and probably neck galley which is nerve macking but good um nerve macking nerve macking but it's uh it's coming out on the 27th of december please god soon i will know about the pre-order campaign um we gotta talk it's not us that has to talk then it's me i gotta talk to somebody else all right but then i'll be able to talk to you Sweet. Because I want to, it's, it, people are pre ordering it. It's all happening. It's going to get, so basically, if you want to, like, it's after Christmas and then you're like, I want to take a spooky time and have a moment and just sit up in the cold and I want to go to a English country murder house. I, I promise you 100% English country house axe murder action. I like it. And if you like it and want to get that pre-order, and you can always go to kickbezosintheballs.org. That is our bookshop, and it has a quick link right there to The Nine Liars, along with all of Maureen's other stuff, and it has a search bar, so you can pretty much find any book. Kickbezosintheballs.org. While you're buying stuff on the internet, why not mosey over to merch.sayswhopodcast.com, which is where you can get our merchandise. We have a bunch. I started working on some more Says Boo merchandise because Ooh. it is spooky season is coming up on us right now. So there will be some new Says Boo stuff uh, as the witching hour approaches, I guess, would be the spooky way to say that. But that is the story. Merch.sayswhopodcast.com. Hey, hey, Dan. Hey, hey, yeah. hey. Um, guess what? Guess what? Well, it, I'm going to guess that it's time to record, but why yeah. are you whispering? Because I'm inside a closet. Okay. You you used to record in your closet, so you're just doing this old school style? You're back in your closet? I'm not in my closet, Dan. Okay. I'm at Mar-a-Lago. Hmm. I'm in a closet. How did that happen? Well... I got a, I, I went on Expedia, bought a cheap ticket, went down to Florida, just basically uh, rolled up to the front door in a, in a lift, walked in, said I was uh, there to, to, to look at the swimming pool for a competition for nicest swimming pool. Oh, that would do it. And they let me in, and now I'm in a closet, and... Um, sitting on some boxes as a seat. So, as uh, I actually, um, they say something on the side. Property of whoa, 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 
Yeah, property of wuh. Property of wuh. Yeah, W-H, wuh. Um, Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Damn. Yeah? I think I'm sitting on a box of classified materials. Oh, boy. I think I'm sitting on a box of classified materials, Dan. Okay. You know, it was easy to get in, but I didn't really think through what I was going to do when I got in here. Now my ass is on classified materials. Can the FBI fingerprint your ass or ass print your fingers? Or uh, uh, breathe, Maureen. Breathe, breathe, breathe. I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be arrested. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. I think you're doing just fine. Okay. Okay. I'm going to look at the box. Okay. All right. Uh, oh, it says top secret. Oh, it says uh, regarding crimes. Oh, shit. Oh, boy. Um, crimes. Note about memo regarding our crimes. Oh, fuck. Gee, I've touched these. Dan, I did. I just touched yeah, everything. You, you did. Oh, oh, I don't know how many oh, butt prints they do, oh, but they definitely oh, do so, fingerprints. So, 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 oh, boy. Hyperventilate. So, uh, Hyperventilate. Welcome to Says Who, where you get really lightheaded. Don't hyperventilate, guys. It just genuinely does make you uh, lightheaded. You did it for the art. Yeah, but it took surprisingly little to make me lightheaded. So I guess it's just, it just goes to show how powerful our breath is and how connected we are to our breath. I'm Maureen Johnson, and I'm just bringing it home, just making it, just bringing it down, centering. Let's center ourselves. Oh, boy. And breathe. Are you holding tension anywhere in your body right now? Literally everywhere. Okay. Just be aware and invite yourself to let go as little as you like. Invite yourself to let go. Okay. Did it work? No, not really. All right. I am Dan Sinker. Waiting to say that part. Mostly that was what was making me tense. How are you, Maureen Johnson? Tingly. Yeah, are you recovered from your acting job I'm still tingly. You're still tingly? Yeah. I'm still a little tingly because I had some dental work yesterday. How'd that go? Uh, it is, I'm on a dental journey, I would say. I'm mm. on a real dental journey. This is the first of many visits that I'm having with a whole host of dental type people around the greater northern Chicago area. Uh, yesterday's was fine. Uh, but the drive home, a sort of tornado cane blew through. What? As, yeah, so... Uh, they were predicting an, a not great storm, um, and it was going to be like at three o'clock. And my appointment was at ten in the morning. It lasted a couple of hours, and uh, then the storm they they radically moved up the arrival time of the storm. So I'm driving home, and it's getting a little bit gray. But at this point, this was probably around noon. They were still saying like the storm is going to hit around one, and I was supposed to pick up some medicine. So I was like, well, I'm going to go swing by the CVS, and then I'll head home. And I get a text from Janice, who's like, it's getting real dark here, and I was like, yeah, it's kind of gray here. I was just a little bit south of of where she was, and uh. And I was like, but I think I can probably make it to, to the CVS inside this Target and uh, then I'll come home. And I'm like sitting at this stoplight at a major intersection. And so it took a couple of times for it to cycle through before I was up close. And by the time it had cycled through, the sky had gotten so dark that our car's like internal screen had switched to night mode. <laughs> and uh, then this suddenly this wind picked up and I texted her and I was like, I'm just coming home. So I'm fucking driving down this street that is lined with big trees that are just fucking being blown left and right. It's fucking raining. And uh, I finally get probably within half mile of our house and there are trees down all over the fucking road. Like this must have happened within three minutes of when I had gotten to this 
corner. And I start going down the road and it's clear I can't get through this fucking road. So I have to do a U-turn and then like head up to a different road to get home. There are trees down on that road, but I'm able to like fucking get around them. And uh, I get home. The power's out. The power's out at the little one school for the rest of the afternoon. Uh, They did not send them home. Instead, the teacher had a flashlight (laughs) just sort of read to them. Uh, It was bananas. It was a bananas weather day yesterday. I just saw you tweet out, power's out. That's all I saw. I I think I forgot to say the power ever went back on. Uh, Our power was out for about an hour or two. But uh, yeah, I didn't even know why. I was just, Dan was just like, power's out. I said, okay. Yeah, it was a very, very strange storm. Because I would say rain-wise, it was not much. But the wind that blew through was remarkably destructive. There were fucking like big limbs down all like tree limbs down all over the place and just like little sticks and things all over everywhere. In fact, uh, bad enough, the teen skateboards to school uh, every day and he, that's so cool. Imagine skateboarding to school, man. He caught a, uh, caught a twig under his skateboard on the way to school and apparently bit it and uh, sent us a text from the school health clinic where he was all bandaged up. So Man, skateboarding at school sounds so free. Yeah. He's excited. It's he, he's a uh, longboarding, So it's also like, you know, you just kind of cruise around, get there. I went to school pretty far from my house in the city. Yeah. And I was on a stupid bus that, um, one year my pickup time was six 40 in the morning, six 20 in the morning. That's no good. So I woke up every day at, I believe my wake up time every day was 540. Yeah. And that uh, is too early for yeah. a high school student. Yeah. So I was, I was on the bus at 620 or something, 630 in the morning. And the thing was, we had so many pickups that I literally would ride around on that bus for two hours in the morning. <sighs> would you sleep? Um, some, cause we went to two schools. We went to the boys school and our school. So yeah. Sometimes I would sleep because it was off, you know, in the winter, the bus is like a billion degrees and we're all like, <laughs> I just remember putting on my headphones and listening to a lot of music, a lot of homework cramming on the bus, but probably some sleeping, just putting my head against the window oh, and like, yeah. oh. I would definitely be sleeping. But I definitely remember there was like a soundtrack that I listened to as we pulled in. It was like my survival soundtrack that was like. All right, we're going in. Listen to your tunes. <laughs> oh no! To get yourself in. Uh, in addition to the storm yesterday, I we Janice and I in the evening went to the high school for the final open house kind of curriculum nighty thing of the teens' high school career. Maureen. Wow. Yeah, that was something. It also is only the second open house we ever went to, the first one being his freshman year, because they haven't happened since. That was a real mindfuck for me. I'm just thinking about this, Dan. I went to school in the city, but I wasn't from the city. So the people from the city had a lot of control over, like they took the public bus to school. Yeah. So they were very in charge of their comings and goings and had a lot more flexibility. Whereas I was always like trying to bum a ride. Right. Or I had to not do stuff because there were limited options for me to get home. Yeah. So my extracurriculars were very dependent on if my mom could pick me up. Because my father did not live at home at that time. He was working okay. on a project in another state for two years of my high school. Wow. So I, I was entirely dependent on whether or not my mom could pick me up. Yeah. And when, which sometimes meant that I was sitting around at school like three hours after school. Oh, boy. Yeah. So I've, I've always like had a lot of admiration and envy for when I hear high school stories of people that have freedom of when they can come and go from there. Yeah. Because I was stuck. <laughs> no the buses that just circled around. Yeah. The idea of just being able to choose when to come and go just felt so amazing. I mean, he has to actually be in school during school hours, but... Is he allowed to leave for lunch? Yeah. We were locked in for lunch lunch. then. We were literally locked in. They, um, I think no matter what, he would have been able to go out for lunch. Um, 
by his senior year, but I but uh, COVID they opened up the uh, you could go out at any grade level just to kind of distribute out the lunch the lunch rooms uh, and not have them too overcrowded. As I've mentioned before, his school has four thousand students, so it's like a small city, and all of it is a logistics thing. But I will say, so we went to this thing last night, Maureen. I haven't exactly done a lot in um, the world mm. in a while. And uh, we decided because it was like the last one and also only the second one that we had ever been to uh, that we should go. And so Janice and I went and uh, we masked up. And let me tell you of the thousands of parents were, that were there, we were some of the only ones in masks. Mm-hmm. And we live in a real blue town in a real blue state mm-hmm. and n- fucking no one mm-hmm. was wearing masks. No one. One of the eight or nine teachers that we, you know, went to their classroom was wearing a mask. <sighs> it didn't make me feel great about the world. Teen's never had COVID, right? Teen has never had COVID. A little one got COVID. But uh, you guys have not had it either. We also have never had it. And we also wears a mask never had every it. day. Yeah. Um, and uh, eats outside, I think, most of the time. Because he's it... real smart. Yeah. He is, in fact, real smart. But um, but yeah, it was it was weird. And my big takeaway from it all was that uh, right now is a real shitty time to grow up, Maureen. I think that that was my big takeaway from Open House was hmm. just like, we have fucking failed an entire generation of children. That was my takeaway. It does feel that way from the outside, Dan. Yeah. I guess I'm not that much on the outside, considering my job. Yeah, you are. You are. You have your finger on the pulse of young adults. Uh, Dan. Dan. Are you heading to Greece soon? Speaking of books and things. Uh, we will be heading to the airport 4 a.m. Friday morning. Wow. For an 8 a.m. flight. Oh, man. Flying to England the one day. Nice. Spending a beautiful night at Heathrow Airport. I love it. Hoping we have a flight the next day because yeah, British Air is like, you know, cutting most of their flights. Yeah. But we should be, all of us, a bunch of us in the morning, all getting on the same flight to Greece. But all goes well. And then I will be super close to archaeology, Dan. Yeah. We'll be really close to this island full of magic archaeology. Like one of the most apparently archaeologically important islands in Greece. Wow. I'm excited. And that's saying something. Yeah, it's full of old temples and stuff and like oh it's like cool that sounds cool i've seen like archaeology once i in i saw um i did a tour you know where you go to pompeii and you take the tour lifelong dream was to do that i want to see i love i just the thought of just being around some archaeology (laughs) it's pretty cool gets me going i'm like yeah (laughs) we got real We got really obsessed with a show called Time Team this summer, which is a kind of classic UK show where they do archaeology, three-day digs, and they dig up all kinds of things like Roman ruins and Bronze Age ruins. Okay. You learn a lot about the importance of like how they can find old post holes and find out where fires were burning. And, oh, it's good. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But I'll be uh, mostly sitting there. Yes. I like archaeology. Apparently. I was really into it. When I was a kid, you gave me a little shovel. I used to dig. When we had a little something done in our backyard when I was a kid, I used to sit out there with a spade and dig through the dirt piles. Oh, nice. Because our house is kind of old, like from the 1800s. And I found old-timey bottles and things. Wow. And I used to collect everything I found, old-timey bottles and marbles and square nails. And that was my fun when I was a kid was just sitting in the backyard digging through a pile of dirt. Uh, that seems accurate. That checks out. Yeah. I wanted to do archaeology and crime solving and mystery writing. Yeah. yeah. Well, mission accomplished. Almost, Dan. I'm not an archaeologist yet. Give it time. 
just be there looking at that old stuff going, wow. But um, yes, mostly we'll be writing in the That's hot awesome. baking sun of, oh, man. of Mykonos. That sounds amazing. Apparently near a real naked beach. Okay. Go that down there. That's amazing. Strip it off. Just let it all hang out. Jump it into the sea and just let the sea do its thing. <laughs> okay. Every crevice, just do it, Yikes. see. All right, we're really getting somewhere here. Listen, who? I mean, I'm already scared of fish, so you know. <laughs> well, you'll have even more reason. If I could swim in the sea, just surrounded by a fish protective bubble, like some kind of like. I think that's called a suit. I mean, like an actual thing where I can go in the sea, but like there's like a thing around me, so I have totally free movement, but okay. no fish could get at me. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. I'm not talking about a shark cage either because the little ones can get through. Yeah, they can definitely get through a shark cage. I think what you're describing is a pool. Maybe. Yeah, I think you might be talking about a pool. I One time I was uh, snorkeling with my friend Robin Wasserman. We'd taken a snorkel trip and um, we were together. We jumped off the boat. We were swimming. I'm gonna, my story's almost over, Dan. And we were That's swimming cool. and I was looking down and I saw something that, and Robin said like, hey, look at that thing. And then she lifted up her head and she's like, and you were gone. You were swimming so fast because there was a thing underneath of us that she's like, you left me for dead. You were 50 <laughs> feet away in two seconds. And I think it was a, like some kind of just a plant, but yeah. I thought it was a, some sort of eel that grew out of the ground. And I, I just ran away. I water ran away. It turns out I can swim fast. There you go. When you feel danger. Yeah, I actually like, saw a lionfish, and those things can hurt you. Oh, and those I, things can really hurt you. Yeah, it was far down. I was like, look at that lionfish. Yipes. Gone. You out. Gone. Johnson out. Johnson out. Yeah. It's like a little, like, looks like a little motorboat. Only good things happen on the beach, Dan. Sure. Only good things happen on the beach. Yeah. There's never once been a murderer or a body buried on a beach. The beaches will be open by summer, Dan. And uh, you know who else lives on a beach? Mm-hmm. Do you know who I'm talking about? Santa? <laughs> you got me. <laughs> Is it Santa? It's not Santa, Dan. Oh, okay. You know who lives on a beach. Is it former President Donald Trump in his home of Mar-a-Lago? Yes. Well, it's funny that you bring that up because I have a lot to tell you about Mar-a-Lago today, Maureen. Tell me, Dan. Well, we're going to start with uh, the obvious spot, which is the fallout from the FBI search of Mar-a-Lago. We are now in the third week of that. There is still fallout continuing on Friday. A heavily redacted affidavit that was filed with the search warrant uh, was unsealed by the federal magistrate judge that signed the original warrant. It basically reiterated yet again just how much classified material Trump had taken with him to Mar-a-Lago. Hundreds of documents and specifically citing the worry that it could compromise human intelligence sources, uh, among other things. Most interesting was the what was not in the release, which was all the redacted items, which are mostly dozens of pages of redactions done to protect the identity of what was cited as multiple eyewitnesses. So Maureen, seems like there are people leaking from inside Mar-a-Lago. Did you read it, Dan? I did. Yeah, I did too. I was excited. It was it was one of those things that often happens with kind of Trump stuff where you get kind of an official release and mostly what it does is kind of confirm all of the leaks that have come ahead of that. So it wasn't like there was a lot of new information, but it was kind of seeing it laid out in an affidavit for a search warrant to search the home of the former president is is still really something yeah he took a lot of things dan took a lot of things took a lot of things and uh we are waiting now from a to hear from a different federal judge 
because the Trump team last week, uh, and we discussed this on last week's podcast, they filed a request to appoint what's called a special master to independently review the material seized from from the former president's home. They filed that last week, but it got sent back from the judge because they did it wrong. They basically the judge basically she sent it back with uh, the with instructions on how to do it right. These guys good, are they're such fuck ups. Yeah, it's a good sign that uh, that you're doing good. They resubmitted it on Friday on Saturday. The judge uh, issued a uh, a what she called a, quote, notice of her preliminary intent to appoint a special master, which is a little bit funny because the Justice Department hadn't even responded to the original filing at this point. Uh, it was not a final determination. It is worth pointing out that this judge, uh, which is not the presiding judge on the actual search warrant, was a Trump appointee who was rushed through the Senate confirmation a week after the 2020 election. So that seems uh, seems like something. Um, but like I said, uh, this preliminary feeling that uh, maybe a special master should be um, should be appointed was done before the Justice Department had filed their brief, which they did today. Uh, and basically or it came through yesterday. Basically, it boiled down to them saying that a special master is basically unnecessary because they've already gone through the documents with their taint team. <laughs> Everyone loves a good taint team, Maureen. Stop saying it. Anyway, they went through the documents with their taint team and identified potentially privileged information and has, have already sequestered that uh, information because, Maureen, it's been weeks since his fucking search. And it turns out they were not just sitting around waiting for Trump to maybe hire lawyers dumb enough to actually represent him. So uh, they're basically saying you don't really need a special master because we've already done the work. We've already seen the shit that we're going to see. Uh, the judge's final determination is expected sometime this week. Meanwhile, Maureen, Lindsey Graham, Senator mm-hmm. Lindsey Graham has taken to the airwaves in Trump's defense. There seems to be every week sort of new people trying to make a good defense of why the former president of the United States would be holding documents at his private home, including extremely highly classified um, documents that may apparently reveal our spy craft and many other things like that. Uh, Lindsey Graham decided to that the best defense is a good offense and simply said that if Donald Trump is prosecuted, that violence will follow. <clears throat> he went on former Representative Trey Gowdy's Fox News show to declare that, quote, if there's a prosecution of Donald Trump for mishandling classified information, there will be riots in the streets. He didn't just say it once, Maureen. He said it twice. Ending the interview saying, quote, if they try to prosecute President Trump for mishandling classified information after, say it with me now, Hillary Clinton set up a server in her basement, that there will literally be riots in the streets. I worry about our country. Mm. Yeah. What do they have on Lindsey Graham? Right. Who 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 have they who have they got at the bottom of a well? That Lindsey Graham has some kind of human feeling for. It's worth remembering that on the night of January 6th, after the uh, after the Capitol had been stormed uh, by Trump supporters, Lindsey Graham went down to the floor and gave a whole speech about how he was done with Donald Trump, how he washed his hands of him. And now he's literally on Fox News inciting violence. You know, I always think that Ted Cruz is the most reprehensible. Yeah. Marco Rubio, Marco Rubio is the most annoying. Yeah. Lindsey Graham, you know, he doesn't even annoy me because uh, I don't even really think of him as a person. Right. Like Lindsey Graham is a concept. <laughs> he's like a he's like a cloud with googly eyes. It's just I don't think I believe that Lindsey Graham is real. Yeah. I mean, he does appear like he's like an animated trash can. He's just, <laughs> I, but this is a genuine feeling I have. Like I just, 
I just don't think he's a real person. He is. I know he is. Yeah, he definitely is. I know he is, but I can't regard him as such. That seems like a fair. That seems like an entirely fair and reasonable stance to take. It's it's not good because he is, and he does terrible things. But I'm always like that, like kind of yapping trash can little thing with the kind of made. It's like it's like a bad Muppet, like an evil yeah. off-brand Muppet. Yeah. He's just that, vibes. That dude will fucking carry water like he's a backyard swimming pool. Mm-hmm. I mean, that guy will carry water to the end of the earth, apparently. I guess that's part of it, because he can assume any shape. He's like a vapor. Oh, he's like one of the, the super friend. Right, they could assume any form of water, yeah. Things. And here was the weird thing. So there was this, this thing on super friends where they could be twins that could take, one could take the form of any form of water. Right. But, they and the could, other one could become an animal. The Wonder Twins. They could also, when he became water or she became water, I can't remember which it was, could also turn into a bucket. Right. Most make of sense. the time, Doesn't make that sense. Wonder Twin would transform into a bucket of water. And then the other one would transform into like an eagle who could then carry, carry the, bucket the bucket of water. of water. It doesn't make sense. No. There was no, no but when I was a kid, I was always like, there was no bucket in this equation. Right. Yeah. Also, when you're in the 70s and you work for Hanna-Barbera and you're trying to come up with cool superpowers that somebody pitched, what about a guy that turns into a bucket of water a lot? Mm. And they were like, yes, That's this because is our shit right now. Those people were high all yeah, of were. the time. They were. It was just a question of what they were on. Yep. Speaking of that question, Lindsey Graham's statement was retweeted by Donald Trump. On Truth Social, I refuse to call retweets retruths, which is apparently the <laughs> official term <laughs> for what a retweet on uh, oh. Truth Social is. Uh, Trump has been extremely active on the platform lately, trying to stoke exactly the type of violence that Graham has promised. Just today, he went on a lengthy binge of retweeting things like memes declaring that Russia isn't the enemy, but instead Biden, Harris and Nancy Pelosi are. Mm -hmm. He also apparently today retweeted a new QAnon drop, which seems like a real great thing for him to really escalate to. My friends in that new cult will be excited. They will. The ones with the woman who turns purple. Sorry. (laughs) And he also is posting his own absolutely insane calls to action like yesterday when he posted, quote, so now it comes out conclusively. By the way, I have no fucking clue what he's talking about in the start. Does, of this. does, it, does it matter? Now it comes out conclusively that the FBI buried the Hunter Biden laptop story before the election, knowing that if they didn't, quote, Trump would have easily won the 2020 presidential election. This is a massive fraud and election interference at a level never seen before in our country. And then in all caps, remedy, colon, declare the rightful winner. Mm-hmm. Maureen, it is fucking August 2022. Mm-hmm. And he's just saying you can declare the rightful winner of the 2020 election. Or this would be the minimal solution. Declare the 2020 election irreparably compromised and have a new election immediately. Dan, um, I feel like we need to just really have a moment and say he is out of his goddamn mind. Oh, yeah. Like we I know that that's obvious, but sometimes you have to repeat the obvious just so yeah. we're we're 100 percent. And I want to just remind you. I've often talked. I've, have I told you about my aunt who had a bird that committed suicide? You've mentioned. She used to smoke at me and collect her money in peanut butter jars. Yeah. And then she would sit there and go, ah, kid, keep your money in peanut butter jars. That's the way you can watch it grow. And she'd give me empty peanut butter jars as gifts. And she would have me come over and a nice afternoon with my aunt was us stretched out on her bed like two giggling school kids counting her jar money and listening to conspiracy radio while she took spidery handwritten notes that she kept next to her bed about what was being talked about. I realize I have been prepared for these moments all my life. Yeah. No kidding. 
for absolute fucking nut jobs who smoke and have greasy birds and collect their money in peanut butter jars and listen to conspiracy radio. Now it's TV. Same difference. Yeah, same All diff. goddamn day long and take their spidery notes. Glassy. <sighs> I got my notes right here. I guess, sure, I don't go downstairs no more, and I have a refrigerator and a coffee pot installed in my bedroom along with my greasy-ass bird. <laughs> and I sit up here smoking in bed all goddamn day long <sighs> with my money in my peanut butter jars, listen to conspiracy. So when Trump writes stuff like this, yeah, I realize I feel kind of cozy, like, like I'm back in my childhood. Genuinely, I'm like, oh, I know that feeling. <laughs> He's out of his goddamn mind. Yeah. It's time to get a bunch of cigarettes and a greasy bird and some peanut butter jars and let's go for it. Let's have a big afternoon because I really love hanging out like that. Like, you know, when you're a kid, you don't know what you're stupid. You don't know what's fun. And so you're like, this is fun. We sit in the air conditioned bedroom that's real smoky and greasy and covered in bird feathers, counting dirty quarters and listening to conspiracy chat. <laughs> I feel very cozy. Feels like my childhood. Well, he's out of his goddamn mind. He's out of his goddamn mind. The main thing to me, in addition to the recognition that he is fully and completely out of his fucking mind, uh, is also the realization that we used to see this shit 24 7. Oh, yeah. 365 when he was still on Twitter. Like now it's kind of you look at it and, it, you know, it has to be surfaced by someone else because I'm not going to fucking right. go on Truth Social. And, uh, you know, you look at it and you're like, wow, this is nuts. And then you realize like that was four years of our fucking mm -hmm. life, more than four years where that was just shit fucking jacked straight into our brain. That's so. why this is the very therapeutic step back and look at it. Yeah. Moment where you're like, definitely. oh, that's crazy. And when we were deep in it, we were just what was it doing to our brains? A lot of bad things. A lot of bad. What things. did those four years to our brains. I mean, the fun thing about me and you, Maureen, is if a person wanted to spend literally hundreds of hours listening to what yeah. you could go back and literally chart Find what it did to our, our brains. brains. Yeah. Was it but good? I don't think so. We may not have Truth Social to bring us Donald Trump's insanity for much longer because Fox Business, of all places, broke the story that Truth Social has stiffed its hope hosting company, RightForge. Yes, it is a right-wing hosting platform for payments of over a million dollars. Maureen, I know this is going to come to a shock to you because it doesn't follow the exact same trajectory as every other Trump business. But RightForge signed a contract in October of last year with Truth Social to host the site. And by March, Truth Social had stopped paying. At this point, it's reported that Truth Social owes $1.6 million to RightForge. This is the latest of a series of escalating problems for Truth Social, which was supposed to, when it was announced, was going to merge with a weird shadowy company called Digital World Acquisition Company. Oh boy, that just, yikes. That merger has been uh, suspended indefinitely because Digital World Acquisition is currently being investigated for its business dealings by both the Justice Department, which has a grand jury probe out on it, and the Securities and Exchange Commission, which is focused on whether or not the company negotiated the merger prior to going public, which is illegal. Uh, also, hilariously, they just recently had their trademark for the name Truth Social uh, their trademark application denied because the Patent and Trademark Office cited the existing trademark for a 2015 app called Vero, who trademarked their slogan, True Social. But, but that, Maureen. But those guys seem so together. <laughs> I, they did seem together. And yet somehow, best laid plans, I guess. Even those can fall apart. But Maureen, that isn't even everything that I want to tell you today. You I seem, want you to join me. You look happy, Dan. I'm excited. Are I'm gonna, excited. Are you going to tell me a story? I am going to tell you a story, Maureen. It's time for a little story time at Mar-a-Lago. Because ever since the FBI raid, there's been a lot of scrutiny on Mar-a-Lago's security. That would be because the compound in Palm Beach operates not only as a private club, but also as the former president's home, which seems a little bit of a bad uh, thing 
to try to balance when you're considering uh, security. And in fact, even during his presidency, there were occasional security breaches. But Maureen, there is a hell of a story this week from, of all places, the Pittsburgh Gazette and a reporting nonprofit called the Organized Crime and Corruption Reporting Project that talks about the latest security breach at Mar-a-Lago. Maureen, get comfortable. It's time to tell you a little story. All right, I'm gonna hold on. I'm actually gonna lean back and yeah. pull my microphone. Okay, I'm ready to be told a story. This is nice. Our story, Maureen, begins with Anna de Rothschild, the heiress to the storied European banking family. Ooh. The Rothschilds in the 19th century were the rich, had the richest, they were the richest people in the world. They had a lot of money. I was just separately, by coincidence, listening to a story about a part of the Rothschild family that owns a town in England. And yeah. they used to, one of them used to ride around, he used to sit around naked in a hammock sure. all day, and he rode around in a carriage drawn by zebras. But go on. That's called fuck you money right there. <laughs> That's what that is. Yep. Fucking be naked and get pulled around by zebras. Why not? In the 30s, Dan. Yeah. Well, this Rothschild is not as far as I know naked or being pulled around by zebras, but instead began showing up at Mar-a-Lago in the spring of 2021. Bragging, as one club member told the uh, Organized Crime and Corruption Reporting Project, quote, it wasn't just that she was dropping the family name. She talked about vineyards and family estates and growing up in Monaco. She wore a Rolex. She drove into Mar-a-Lago in a $200,000 Mercedes. She talked about a wide range of real estate ventures she was involved in, including a Formula One racetrack in Miami, a high-rise hotel in Monaco, and a condo in Montreal. Dope. Uh, in May of 2021, she was invited to a Trump fundraiser at the Trump International Golf Club just down the street from Mar-a-Lago. Fun. While there, she posed for pictures with Donald Trump and also Maureen Lindsey Graham. Ah, just a little, little shadow. He can't be photographed. According to the OCCRP report, quote, in one frame, she stood alongside Trump and Graham, all three smiling and gesturing with their thumbs up. Nice. Uh, After the photos were taken, the report went on to say that people teased her that she should have to pay a hefty sum for the photo. Uh, They quoted from a video that had been taken at the time of someone saying, Anna, you're a Rothschild. You can afford a million dollars for a picture with you and Trump. Later that night, she went back to Mar-a-Lago. She partied with a Trump donor named Richard Kofod and also Kim Gillifoyle, Dojo's girlfriend. There's a photo in this report where she's standing right behind Kim. There's a table of probably 15 people at, at Mar-a-Lago. Fun. That seems to have gotten her invites to all sorts of political fundraisers around Palm Beach, including one for very recently failed Senate candidate and former Missouri governor and piece of shit Eric Greetens. Uh, who had a fundraiser held in an oceanfront mansion a week or so after uh, this golf club outing. At that point, Greeton signed a book for her that said, Anna, stay strong. Uh, Anna stayed a regular on the scene in Palm Beach and going to, to Mar-a-Lago uh, until March of this year when a guy named Dean Lawrence... A, who is described in this report as a Miami music promoter and, quote, exotic car leasing agent. Sure. I don't yeah. have any questions. He went to a dinner at Mar-a-Lago. According to the report, and I'm going to quote this morning because this next sentence is one that uh, took me a little by surprise. Okay. According to the report, quote, the evening started with a dinner that included the former president. Mm-hmm. Okay. And rappers Ray J and Kodak Black, okay. Rudy Giuliani, and former New York Police Commissioner Bernard Carrick also attended. Fun. Ray J, as far as I know, is mostly well known for being the other person in the Kim Kardashian sex tape. Oh. Yeah. So that's fun. That's nice. So later in the evening at this dinner, Anna de Rothschild's name must have come up. This, this part of the report leaves something out, but it clearly must have come up in a conversation that uh, Dean Lawrence had with Trump donor Richard Kofod, who was also at that dinner with Kim. 
uh, after the golf club thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Lawrence is quoted as telling Kofod, quote, I want to clear something up with you. I want you to know that she has nothing to do with the Rothschilds. Don't get involved in any kind of business with her. Interesting. The report goes on to say that as he divulged the information to Kofod, quote, his eyes were wide open, said Lawrence. He said to me, that's exactly who I met. She came to my house. So, Maureen, Anna de Rothschild, regular at Mar-a-Lago for about a year, was not Anna de Rothschild. What? I know. Heiress to the Rothschild banking fortune. According to the reporting by the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and the Organized Crime and Corruption Reporting Project, she's actually named Ina Yasinichin. I think I'm probably completely murdering that last name. Uh, A Russian-speaking immigrant born in Ukraine who moved to the U.S. a decade ago. Okay. Ina is under investigation by both the FBI and Canadian law enforcement, not apparently for any of this Mar-a-Lago stuff, but possibly because she also ran a charity called United Hearts of Mercy. The mission of United Hearts of Mercy, Maureen, was to, quote, release children from spiritual, social, economic, and physical poverty. The charity raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for families affected by hurricanes in the Caribbean in 2016 and then also raised another couple of hundred thousand dollars uh, for families affected by COVID in 2020. That COVID drive was cut short, though, when Stripe, the payment processor, determined that the money coming in for the charity was actually coming from stolen credit card numbers. Okay. According to the report, quote, the charity's certified public accountant, Tatiana Verzelina, also a Russian, made a sworn statement in December 2021 that was turned over to the FBI, alleging that the charity was actually a source of illicit funds for organized crime. Huh. Yeah. According to the report, Anna has also, quote, admitted to working for Miami Mama, a controversial South Florida company that helped expectant Russian mothers give birth to the, in the U.S. so that they would gain citizenship, and also as an independent consultant for Ambit Energy, a firm heavily fined in 2019 for defrauding customers. Hmm. So she seems to be running a whole bunch of uh, different hustles around South Florida. Turns out her, so yeah, she, she moved here around a decade ago. Uh, She got involved with a different Russian uh, at that time, and she got married. His name was uh, Sergei Golombev. Mm -hmm. They got married in 2011. He reported to these uh, reporters that it was purely for the green card. They they, uh, divorced five years later. He hasn't been in touch with her, but he was apparently interviewed by the FBI earlier this year. Okay. Uh, She got heavily involved with a Moscow-based businessman named Valery Tarasenko, who was involved with the United Hearts of Mercy charity. He ran their Canadian branch for a while, which I guess explains why Canadian law enforcement is also investigating her. Uh, This Valery guy says that he hired Anna to be a nanny, she says he wasn't, she wasn't hired to be a nanny. She was instead hired to bilk money from Marx. She told the reporters, quote, I would go on dates, make a friendship, and Valeri would take my phone and start contacting the guys from my phone to ask for the need for food to pay the bills, ask for cash, you know. You know. You know. The Post-Gazette and the OCCRP talked to two men who confirmed they'd been scammed out of thousands of dollars this way. These two people clearly seem uh, very sketchy Mm. they are now uh they have filed injunctions against each other oof yeah uh according to the report quote he claims she's a fraudster and a predator who preyed on rich older men and abused his teenage daughter she calls him a violent criminal who effectively held her hostage so everything gets a little ugly uh great yeah with that whole uh entanglement the other interesting thing so she denied 
to the uh, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette that she had any idea who uh, Anna de Rothschild was, that it wasn't her name. Uh, She had a driver's license and passports with that name and her image on it. She says she didn't make them. She's never seen them before. Interesting. Uh, Where that part gets a little bit funny is this Dean Lawrence guy, the Miami music producer and exotic car leasing agent, because he's he's wrapped up with this Anna and Valeri guy because he has uh, promoted music by Valeri's teenage daughter who performs under the stage name, Maureen, Sophia Rothschild. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. We don't know where any of this is going. <laughs> but this is a fucked up story, Maureen. <laughs> You've got a former Russian green card marriaged woman waltzing into Mar-a-Lago, making all kinds of friends, spending an entire year kind of working around the social scene of Palm Beach rubbing up against various right-wing figures. For some reason, Ray J is having dinner at Mar-a-Lago. You can just walk in claiming to be the heir of a European banking fortune, Mm -hmm. and they just let you on in. They just let you do it. Yeah. I thought, but you know, Dan, they've got such good security and uh, measures. Like they keep a lot of classified documents there, Dan. So they are. Remember when that woman walked in with just sticking thumb drive, where they were just like, keep stick this stick this thumb drive in your in your computer, and they were like, okay, <laughs> yeah, that was, I believe, a Chinese uh, spy that had come. Just put in. that in your computer, and they were like, yeah, yeah sure, cool. yeah. At one point in this article, the Dean Lawrence guy, after he kind of tells on this this woman he's like i can't i don't understand why i'm the guy that told them about this Mm. like uh clearly if they checked her id they checked her fake id didn't do any real digging around to see if actually there's a person by that name which there isn't yeah it's good times down in mar-a-lago maureen dan what is going to happen what is today though as we rec- as we record it's August 30th and I want to know what is going to happen because <laughs> we're about to get into more January 6th hearings we found you know Mar-a-Lago has been raided um yeah. all these classified documents the, is he going to be indicted a lot of talk that he'll be more easily indicted on this than you know even the even inciting a uh you know treason and inciting yeah. what is going to happen Dan is he going to get indicted Yes or no? Well, I mean, also don't forget that there has been reporting since long before the Mar-a-Lago raid that he was planning to announce his run for president around Labor Day, which is next weekend. Okay, Dan, I have two questions for you. Time to put your cards on the table. Yeah. Will he announce he's running in the next three weeks? Yes. Okay. It, uh, so he is. To me, I'm almost certain about that. He is running. I, I think he is absolutely running. I mean, the the... Um, the request for the special master that they uh, filed with the judge, the original one at least, was just filled over and over again with how he, if he were to run for president, he would be the presumptive front runner and would win. So clearly that is top of mind right now. I think that he will absolutely announce that he's running. I think he will announce sooner rather than later because I think a um, indicting a actual candidate and likely the front-runner candidate for the president of the United States is probably something. I mean, I think that they know that this is probably something that the Justice Department and the White House and everyone else would be pretty queasy to do. And uh, I think they are ready to see if they will call their bluff on that one. Now, realize I'm starting to regard elections as a real deck chairs on the Titanic thing when we should really be focusing on the lifeboat situation. But... um, so he is going to run. I think so. He'll probably announce this fall. I would guess he will announce within weeks, if not days. Is he going to be indicted? Uh, I mean, 
it seems like if it was anyone else, you've literally been caught with top secret documents in not my, your closet. Not my question. If it was anyone else, not the absolutely question. he would be. Is he going to be indicted? I generally have been a longtime skeptic that he is never getting arrested. And uh, I don't think he's going to be indicted. I'm going to go with yes. Really? Yeah, I think he's going to be indicted. I don't I think jack shit will come of it. I think it's they're going to do a deal to keep him from running. Okay. I think they're going to pull a Nixon or a Spiro Agnew. They're going to be like, listen, we can either take you to jail or you can drop this running nonsense. Yeah. I mean, that would be wonderful. But I, I th- take that. I think we're going to go right up to the door. I think he's going to. I think he's going to announce. I think he's going to be indicted. Then suddenly nothing will happen. But so. If the theory is. They'll broker a deal to get him to not run, Mm -hmm. which, in my opinion, hey, great. You know, Uh, as much as it would be fun to viscerally see him actually arrested, I will fully take him not running for office again. Right. Mm -hmm. But if he announces first, Mm -hmm. I don't see how that deal gets made because he would have to unannounce that he was running for president and. I just don't see him doing that. I'm sticking with it, Dan. He announces okay. and he gets indicted. All right. And then something weird happens. Yeah. And suddenly it's like, he's just like, I don't want to do it. You I mean, no aren't. matter what, something weird happens is an absolute 100% proof positive prediction. All right, Dan. He announces he doesn't get indicted. Does he win? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Who's he running against? Joe Biden. Oh. All right, Dan, you got to make me this promise. Yeah. If that happens. Yeah. We go to Disney World before that shit happens. <laughs> Done. And then we go every single year. <laughs> Listen, y'all, this is what that Patreon is for. Dan and I have been saving our quarters like my aunt told me in peanut butter jars to go to Disney World. Yeah. We will take you all with us. But we're going to have to step it up. We're going to have to make a bigger Patreon because we're going to be going to Disney World a lot, Dan. Might be safer to go to Disneyland Paris at a certain point. Listen, I know we're going to be wading through water and stuff like that, but that's fine. Once a year. I don't care if I have to do a live show every week with puppets. I will do it. (laughs) The Maureen Weekly Puppet Show on Patreon. (laughs) Where well, you just talk to puppets. Now available in the future at a $20 a month level. <laughs> well, that doesn't exist yet, but Sezu is made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com. Sezu. What was that? That's my new puppet voice I'm working on. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're just I already this. have a puppet. You do already have a puppet. I'm making puppets, though, for this one. Okay. All new right. characters. All right. I'm seeing a real kind of Sid and Marty Croft level. Uh, mm, you're thinking too high. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, patreon.com slash says who. We're going to get those those watch bands that you get Disneyland where you have like. Bands. The, yeah. Do, can they just work with your watch if you've already got a watch? No. So you, don't, you need a That's special one band. One of the things that makes a whole bunch of people bananas at this point is that they have a whole watch-based thing, but they don't support. What hotel are we going to stay at? Are we going to stay at a Disney hotel? Yeah. Which one? Don't know. Haven't really thought that through. Since since the whole pandemic thing mm. happened, I know two families, Maureen, this summer that went to Disneyland, Disney World, and both of them got COVID while they were at Disney World. I play this mental game a lot, and... um. Yeah. What's the really fancy one? Isn't there a fancy one? There are multiple fancy ones. Grand Floridian. Is that the fancy? I think the Grand Floridian is generally the fanciest. Mm. Temporary is kind of second fanciest. And then Polynesian, I think, is third fanciest. 
You know the one I stayed. I didn't stay at a, Daisy, a Disney no, hotel. You well, real fancy. We stayed at the Four Seasons because yeah, it had did. a because it had a lazy river, and I spent two days just floating in a circle on that lazy river. And I'm telling you, so it healed my soul. <laughs> well, if we, we get a good see. deal, we'll get a good deal. Dan, we've saved our money. We have. We're we are we are ready. The pandemic kind of threw that plan to the shitter. Mm -hmm. But we've saved our money for this trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. We're good. But but if I need uh, to start the look, when we, we, we start to get puppet show dollars, Dan. I think we're, I don't think we actually need to get puppet show dollars. But Maureen, we have money for Dole Whip. We have yeah. money for Mickey Pops. Sure. Are we going to stay in the park all goddamn day, Dan? Yes. Open to close. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh yeah. Yes. It's going to be great, but that's a ways away. And you and just you and me privately taking a ride on the on the um, Haunted Mansion together. Oh, yeah. Yes. We'll get on. But no one will see us get off. That's we'll a dream, isn't it? We'll live in the Haunted Mansion forever. Do you know apparently a lot of people throw cremains in yeah. there? Yeah, it's apparently a real, real big problem at Disneyland. They have a whole like system for it now. Happens on a lot of rides, but the Haunted Mansion is the big one. Isn't it? Is it wrong that I really want to work there? Like I have a job, but I find that kind of stuff fascinating. <laughs> Working at a big place that does a show every day and has lots of. Yeah. It's like I, well, I like to work conferences and stuff with entertainment. Like I like yeah. to be running through the back tunnels and helping putting on the show. And Totally. Oh, yeah. I think it would be fascinating. As a systems geek, I would enjoy it a lot. But Maureen, our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Our logo is designed by Darth. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that is H-E-Y at Says Who Podcast.com. You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash Says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. You can also go visit the fan run Discord server at tinyurl.com slash Says Who discord but whatever you do spread the word subscribe and leave stars and reviews on apple Podcasts or spotify or wherever you listen and you can join us next wednesday you'll be live from greece i will be so grecian you will be greased up and ready to go you're gonna September see it's all 7th. gonna be sun i'm probably gonna be doing it from outdoors somewhere. oh man that'll be nice that's next Wednesday, September 7th, for our very next episode. And from my basement in Chicago, I am Dan Sinker. From Puppet Town, New York City. <laughs> Come on, every everybody wants that. <laughs> do they, though? Yeah, they do. Yeah, I bet they When you do. turn it, tune in for a weekly puppet show where you have to watch my puppets. Disney money, man. One of my favorite things about you, Maureen, is that when you commit, you overcommit immediately. <laughs> <laughs> not, just, not just what if I did a puppet show once, but what if I did a weekly live puppet show? <laughs> Are you saying that sometimes I get in over my head? <laughs> I just I'm I'm floating that as a theory that sometimes it's like, what's Maureen Occasionally, doing? You bite off a little more than you can chew. Dan, it's always worked out. Dad, never, never failed. <laughs> Listen, Dan. Gotta get that sweet, sweet Disney cheddar. I'm, I'm surely, I'm sure your weekly live puppet show. Uh-huh. Weekly live puppet show. <laughs> With all the time that you have uh -huh. in a week. Yep. I'm sure it will be a massive ongoing success. And in... A year from now, when you've done 52 episodes of your puppet show, mm -hmm. I will say you proved me wrong on this one. Again. <laughs> Again. <sighs> Just think two years in, you will have done 104 puppet shows. <laughs> Danny, it was just the way you said he was going to win again. Yeah. And then I was like, well, now I'm going to have to start doing weekly puppet shows. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why those two things it's are the only. It's but... the only thing that makes sense. Okay. I mean, it's fine. Dan, if you were going to guess right now, where it's, it's election night 2024, which is shockingly close. Yeah. 
we're looking at Biden v. Trump. Yeah. Again. God. Yeah. We're incredibly drunk. Yeah. Or just having... I don't even drink anymore, but I will be incredibly drunk. Yeah, me. Yeah, it, it, we're just like th- five, six, 12 sheets to the wind. Oh, yeah. At least. We're drinking floor cleaner. Yeah. Not Who's, just sheets. It'll be a full ream to the wind. A little, little preview of what that... Hey, Dan, uh, so we got some state results coming in from uh, New Texas and <sighs> Second California. Uh, Dan, uh, who's mm. who's who's taking an early? Trump year? wins. What's that, Dan? It's done. Dan they didn't even need to count all the states. Dan is so, uh, all over. Dan, Dan is six fifty p.m. Done. That's six fifty. He's a six fifty winner. It's not even closed yet, Dan. It's a done deal. Oh, Dan. Uh, Dan, uh, Dan, it's uh, not the polls in close uh, yet. Dan, the polls aren't closed yet. Does this done? It's done deal. Uh, Dan, I think we should wait to close the polls. This is Win says two. Just another four, four more years. Four more years. Four more years. Let's go to 2028. He'll win in 2028, too.